This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope from Pune, India. Hello and welcome to our international English service. In today's program, we bring music from heritage singers and celestial singers. A feature on teaching respect for authority. Followed by a nature study on black gold. We shall end our program with a message from God's word on the topic, Reassuring Children in Troubled Times. This is Maureen. This is Sharad. And you are listening to the Adventist World Radio, The Voice of Hope. To begin, here's a song, A Bright and Wonderful Day. It's a bright day for me, since the Savior set me free. All the clouds have faded right out of my sky. Sun shines all around. It's a bright day for me, since the Savior set me free. My cup's overrun, it's a bright and wonderful day, it's a bright and wonderful day, it's a bright day for me, since the Savior set me free. All the clouds have laid in right out of my sky, sun shines all around, it's a bright day for me, since the Savior set me free. Jesus has come in my cup. You heard a song by Heritage Singers, and now featuring on Teaching Respect for Authority, we have Anupam. Relating to authority has always been a difficult problem. Too much respect may result in blind submission to the desires of other people. Too little respect may threaten the survival of a society. How can a child be taught to keep both extremes in perspective? A child's attitude toward authority begins with his attitude towards his parents. How can parents relate to children in ways that will help them relate intelligently to other forms of authority in society? Two things are helpful. The first is firmness. Being firm is different from being harsh and dictatorial. Firmness means putting some protective boundaries around a child's freedom. When the small hand reaches for the stove, a firm parent says no. Children don't always know what harms them or what is good for them. It's natural for children to complain when parents keep them from doing something they want to do. They are often testing parents to see if they care enough to restrict them. Even teenagers respect parents for having firm opinions as long as they are reasonable. When parents don't set boundaries in which children have too much freedom to operate, children feel less secure and frequently conclude that parents don't care. Consistency is also important in teaching children how to relate to authority. Strictness one time and leniency the next only serves to confuse a child. When parents are consistent, a child has the security of knowing where he stands. Children are willing to excuse parents for occasional mistakes as long as parents are willing to admit them. Children are sensitive to injustice and they'll spot it quickly when parents don't admit obvious mistakes. Parents must be consistent in how they relate to children 
and how they relate to other authority. It's not consistent for a parent to demand complete compliance from a child while constantly quarreling with local laws or religious requirements. Children identify the inconsistency rather easily and find it tempting to break away from the pattern set by their parents. The reasoning is simple. If my father doesn't respect civil or religious authority, why should I respect his authority over me? To be both firm and consistent doesn't prevent a child from growing up independent and free. The security created by boundaries of safety and love gives them a base from which to intelligently relate to other authority. Thank you, Anupam, for a nice feature. Stay tuned while you hear... Hear a nature study on black gold brought to you by Vani. And every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground. Genesis chapter 7 verse 23. God caused a great flood to come upon this earth. The water came with such force that the mountains and hills were moved and the large majestic trees along with the other living things were buried under the dirt and rocks. These large trees, forests of them, have fossilized forming large deposits of coal. Oil and natural gas are also products of the fossilization process. These large deposits of coal, gas and oil have been used to meet the needs of humanity for heat and fuel. Refined oil has many uses such as gasoline for automobiles and aeroplanes, heating oil and kerosene, diesel for trains, trucks and ships, fuel for power plants, lubricants, waxes, asphalt, plastics, synthetic rubber, paints, perfumes, dyes, vitamins, medicines, detergents, fertilizers, insecticides, film, photographic chemicals, inks, and numerous other items. As you see, much of our life depends on oil that is pumped from the earth, which is a result of the flood. Natural gas was discovered under the property of Union Springs Academy in New York State. It is used to heat the academy buildings and houses. Another Christian church group found themselves hired to the deposit of oil under their property. The royalties from the sale of this oil are used to help the needy and handicapped people in their church, provide education for the children in their church school, and pay for the upkeep of their buildings and properties. If there are any funds left over, they are used in community services outreach. To this church, the oil is considered black gold to help them meet their needs. They say God is taking care of us. As you think about what God has done, thank Him that He cared enough about you, that He is willing to make provision for you, so that Many of your present-day needs would be taken care of by the oil that is in the earth. He is a loving God and takes care of His children. Thank Him for that today. That was Vani with a nature study on black gold. Coming up next is a song by celestial singers, No Goodbye.
sadness everywhere We are parting from each other With crying and sorrows But soon we will never live As Pastor Frederick Paul shares a thought from God's Word on the topic Reassuring Children in Troubled Times. Recently, 
Even the youngest children have seen frightening images on our TV screens and newspapers. Images of terrorist bombings, sniper shootings, war and violence permeate our society. How do these scenes affect our children? And how can we talk to them about it? There's no one-size-fits-all answer. Children or individuals. And any conversation you have with them about war, terrorism and violence will need to be tailored to a child's personality and age. Also, you'll need to take into consideration how close to home acts of terror and violence may have hit. But no matter what the circumstances, some general guidelines will help you know how to make your child feel more secure. Number one, don't try to shelter children from reality. In our media-saturated world, even the smallest children, kindergartners and often preschoolers, are exposed to the harsh realities of the daily news. If your children attend school, they have almost certainly heard about war, terrorism and violence. They will have questions and if you don't take the initiative to discuss these things with them, someone else, perhaps a poorly informed classmate, will certainly do so. If children don't raise the topic, find out how much they know and what they are worried about. Ask questions like these. Did you see those pictures on the news before dinner? Do you know why these people were fighting? How do you think they felt? How would that make you feel? At the same time, it's not necessary to force a discussion beyond the point where your child is comfortable. For many small children, images of violence and terror are remote and unreal. If that's the case, don't try to force your child to grow up before he or she is ready. Simply make it clear that you are available and open to talk whenever your child does have questions. Secondly, emphasize safety, security and love. Children most often want to know whether they and their families are safe. And the reality is that no matter how frightening the headlines may be, the odds of your family being involved in a terrorist attack or an act of random violence are generally fairly low. Assure your child that you are doing everything possible to care for him or her. Don't belittle children's fears and anxiety. Let them know that it's okay to feel scared when scary things are happening. Let them talk about the fear and admit freely that you are sometimes frightened too. But balance reality with reassurance. Give them as much information as they can handle. Ignorance breeds fear. But always back it up with the assurance that you are taking care of them and the chance of anyone in your family being the victim of violence is remote. Of course, in doing this, you'll have to take into account the real risk factors in the area where you live. If there is danger around, you will want to teach your children appropriate caution rather than a false sense of security. And if a member of your family is serving in the military and is in a high-risk area, you should be honest about the risk. Here's where it helps to keep age-appropriate information in mind. Older children will know that you can't absolutely guarantee anyone's safety. 
by their preteen years, children are beginning to grasp the random nature of violent acts. You can be honest and still be reassuring. I can't promise you that something like this will never happen, but the chances are very, very small. Your dad and I will take the best possible care of you, and remember, we love you and we'll always be here for you. Thirdly, help children find positive ways to react. As children begin to grasp the presence of evil in the world, it may seem overwhelming. They can feel helpless in the face of violence and terror. You can teach them that good is as powerful a force in the world as evil and show them ways to contribute to that force. Something as simple as helping to raise money or sending Christmas gifts to aid children in war-torn countries can help your child feel that he or she is doing a small part to make the world a better place. All too often, violence and terror breed prejudice and hate. You have a wonderful opportunity to teach your children to welcome and appreciate the diversity of other people and other cultures. Practicing love and acceptance helps wipe out the idea that people are dangerous because they speak a different language or their skin is a different color. Discuss prejudice and tolerance with your child. For example, if you're discussing something like the 9-11 terrorist attacks, you can say, Yes, the people who did this were a particular group. Their beliefs about God are different from ours. And they thought that God wanted them to do this. But most of that particular group don't think that way. They believe in being peaceful and kind to others, just like the Christians. If you live in a multicultural community, give your child the opportunity to meet and talk with children and adults from a variety of religious and racial backgrounds and remind them of these people as you talk about violence. Mention that while they may have seen a person of a particular racial background on the news as the perpetrator of a violent crime, they have a school friend or neighbor of the same race who is friendly and fun to be with. Help them to break down stereotypes. Finally, encourage trust in God. This last point is the most important. You can't guarantee your child absolute protection from random acts of violence, but you can assure him or her that we are in the care of a God who is ultimately in control. With smaller children, it may be enough to stress God's loving care and pray for his protection. But as adults, we know that bad things happen even to good people. And older children will want to discuss this. They may ask, Were in some of the people who died in that plane crash good Christians? Or what if I pray for God to protect me? And then I get shot by some crazy guy. Don't deny the fact that God's protection does not always guarantee immunity from harm. Smart preteens will quickly see through that or else be crushed when they discover, inevitably, that it's not true. Instead, tell them honestly that God does allow trouble to come to his people as a result of living in an evil world. But assure them that those who trust God are always in his care, whether that means he'll miraculously save their lives or whether he'll allow them to sleep in death 
until he comes to take them home to a better life in heaven. Don't forget to hold out to your children the hope of God's final restoration when he comes again. That's the only hope that can truly make sense of the terrifying realities of today's violent world. Help your children to grow up with the knowledge that though we live day to day in a world that is often frightening and violent, there is a better world coming. By walking daily with God, trusting in Him and sharing His love with others, your family can be part of that new kingdom and your children will have the confidence of a security that cannot be shaken. Thank you, Pastor Frederick Paul, for sharing God's word. To make the most of our earthly existence, we must lose ourselves in the will of God. Yes, friend, this we can do even when time is running out. It's never too late to give ourselves totally to God. It's a bright day for me Since the Savior set me free God's Word, you may contact us with your questions or prayer requests by calling 000-800-040-1704. Again, the number to call is 000-800-040-1704. I am Sharad. And I am Maureen, signing out from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again on the same frequency. Until then, we wish you goodbye. And God bless you. There were troubles in this world every day. Many people are dying. There is sadness everywhere. We are parting from each other. Crying and sorrows Soon we will never live alone There are troubles in this world Every day Many people are dying And there's sadness everywhere from each other with crying and sorrows but soon we will never